you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Good afternoon. This is Erin Addison's here on American Family Radio. I'm Will Addison, and you're joining me today for Wednesdays with Will. I'm happy uh, to be here, happy that you're listening. Uh, we have a great show planned uh, for today. But first, I want to uh, tackle these announcements. Um, if you want to email us, you can email us at Addison's, A-D-D-I-S-O-N-S, at AFR.net. Addisons at AFR.net. Also, if you want to follow us on Facebook, you can just search uh, Airing the Addisons and we'll be right there. You can uh, watch the show live if you like. You can watch it. Um, and so if you uh, go there and search Airing the Addisons, you can find us. Also, we have coming up on Monday, our date night. Our date night. It's uh, in Jackson, Tennessee. It's going to be at the Carl Grant uh, Events Center on Union University campus. It's going to be 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. If you need more details, go to marriagefamilylife.net, marriagefamilylife.net, and you'll see right on the front page there's a date night uh, tab. You can uh, click on that and make sure you register because we need a count of how many people are coming. So if you want to join us for that, please do. And that'll be September 20th. Also, we have this month, we have the Buy Design Challenge. The Buy Design Challenge. And this month's challenge is the Date Night Challenge. Uh, we are asking married couples who live in or near Jackson, Tennessee, uh, that area, to attend our upcoming Date Night event uh, with Mickey and myself. Uh, it is a night of biblical encouragement, laughter, and enjoyment. Registration is open until we reach full capacity. Now, if you're not able to attend, we want you to want to encourage you to choose a day this month and schedule a babysitter and either make reservations at a restaurant or create your own date night at home. Make it a night only for you and your spouse to laugh, relax, and enjoy yourselves. To show that you participated, post your picture on the By Design Facebook uh, page and put hashtag BD date night. Now, we just launched that by design page. And so when you go there, you're not going to see much on there. But we're hoping that this would be something to jumpstart that page as well. So uh, go and, and like the by design uh, Facebook page. Uh, and and when you have your date night, please post pictures there. We would love to see it. And so uh, that's happening this month. That's the September by design cha- by design challenge. Also, we have our share that's coming up, our fall share and we'd like to hear from you. Um, if you have heard the share before, you hear the listener calls, you hear the testimonies, and if you want to be a part of that, just to be able to share how the Lord has blessed you uh, through this network, we would love to hear it. So has the Lord used American Family Radio in your life? Uh, have we been there or given the right thought at the right time? Please share your story. 
uh, call and share for a minute or two. Uh, you might hear yourself during share The number is 877-876-8893. That's 877-876-8893. So if you uh, would like to share your testimony, please do. Please do. We would love to hear uh, how the Lord has blessed you through this ministry. It's always encouraging to me to hear some of those testimonies. I'm like, man, you, you just never know how many people uh, you are affecting uh, by what, what you're doing. And, and as the Lord leads us and as we speak, you know, to you guys and what the, what the Lord has put on our hearts, it's a great encouragement because, you know, we can't see everybody. Like we're speaking, you know, but we can't see everybody and who we're touching, but uh, it's always good to get those testimonies. Also, I just want to put this announcement out there. Uh, Miki and I will be taking part uh, of, in a conference. It's called this, the Disciple Life Family Conference. And it's happening in Plano, Texas. Uh, the dates are October 21st through the 24th. October 21st uh, to the 24th. Uh, you can register today at ndcbf.org uh, slash Disciple Life. That's N dcbf.org slash disciple life. And so it's all, it's, it's a conference about, you know, what we should be doing as families, as far as education and things like that, alternatives for our, our children. Uh, Pastor uh, uh, Taryn De- uh, Dames, Pastor Dames, the senior pastor there, uh, he will be hosting the conference. And also Brett Kunkel uh, would be a guest speaker as well as um, Miki and myself. So uh, if you're able to attend, if you're in, in the Plano, Texas area, uh, that's it's going to be at the North Dallas Community Bible Fellowship, um, 2801 East President George Bush Highway. So uh, we have details on our Facebook page about this. We have a graphic. If you want to go check that out, you can. But if you're in the area, uh, October 21st to the 24th, Please come and join us. Well, today, today, uh, what I what I wanted to share uh, is kind of an extension of what we talked about yesterday. You know, uh, we talked about pushing from the bottom. You got to keep pushing from the bottom. Um, we highlighted how important it is that we understand that that God sets up nations. And he's the one that ca- who caused nations uh, to fall. You know, when a nation turns its back on God, you know, man, God judges a nation. And we have touted here in the United States of America for as long as I can remember, for a long, long time, being a nation under, under God. But those tend to be just words if we're not actually living out those truths. You know what I'm saying? If we're not actually living that out, does it really have any substance? So we understand that the country that, that that the country in which we live and the rights afforded to us by the Constitution and the and the founding documents are very, very important. Miki talked yesterday about, you know, some of the words of the Constitution and things uh, that have been written and how we have really strayed away from from believing, you know, what those documents say. Now, I'm not here. I, you know, the Bible is a straight edge. The Bible is a straight edge. That's what we go to, you know, but God has, has given wisdom to men. 
uh, to put forth leadership and, and documents that would uh, uh, have written down the truths of, of the building of this country and what it's supposed to be like. And we shouldn't stray from that. We shouldn't stray from that. But a lot, a lot of people have, and a, and a lot of people just don't know what it says. Uh, we understand that the way the United States of America has been set up is as a government of the people, by the people, for the people. That the ones who assume leadership position are, in essence, the head or the lead servants of the people. That's how it is. They are put there to serve us and to represent us. But it, it, right now, we see where, no, they, they feel like I'm here in leadership position. I can do whatever I want. That's not the way it was set up, right? We understand how important elections are and the importance of electing individuals of integrity and morality into these offices. For it says in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 2, when the righteous increase, when the righteous increase, the people rejoice. But when a wicked person rules, people groan. Now, I will say this. Wicked people ruling didn't start with this current administration. There's been wicked people ruling for a while. But you see that, that the morals steadily, steadily decline. It, it's, a, it's amazing to me how I look at things and how, you know, they go down over time. I'm thinking about my, one of my first cars that I, that I had, one that I really loved. It was a Nissan Datsun. It had both names on it. It was Nissan slash Datsun um, 280ZX. <laughs> it was like a little sports car. It had T-tops. You could take them off. It was a stick shift. But, man, the material that that thing was made out of, <laughs> I mean, that was some real stuff. But I look at my car today, and if my car today would have gotten into an accident with my car from yesterday, my car today would be balled up like a piece of paper. Over time, things just kind of uh, seem like it get worse. And a lot of times we like to harken back to the days of, of Mayberry or, and things like that. But even in the days of Mayberry, there were, <laughs> there were problems. But, man, we can see the decline. As morals decline, we see the decline in our leadership. Again, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 2, when the righteous increase, the people rejoice. But when a wicked person rules, people groan. And that's been a lot of groaning as of late in this country. But again, it hasn't started with this current administration. Now, I was looking at some quotes of some of the, the, the early, I guess, fathers of the country, or you know, scholars in the country. John Adams, in the speech in 1798, he warned that we have no government armed with power capable of contending with human passions unbridled by morality and religion. Our constitution was made only for a moral and religious people, and it is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. Man, this is so true, because what happens, is, and I'm going to allude to this, uh, I'm going to talk about this a little later, as the people decline in morality, as the people you know, begin to back off of, you know, serving God and having those morals that we should. Well, what happens? Well, you elect leadership that's immoral. Immoral people elect leaders who are immoral. 
That's what happens, and that's what we see. Benjamin Rush, one of the uh, signers of the Declaration of Independence, said, uh, the only foundation for a useful education in the republic is to be the aid in religion. Without this, there can be no virtue, and without virtue, there can be no liberty, and liberty is the object of life of all republican governments. Without religion, I believe that learning does real mischief to the morals and principles of mankind. When you talk about religion, at the center of it is God. When a people go away from God, then you have all sorts of problems. Then the passions and the desires of people take over. What people want, the whims and what, you know, I have the power to do this. So I'm telling you, you need to do this because I'm in control. I'm the leader. And this is what has to happen because this is what I want. We go away from, man, the righteousness of God. We go away from trusting in God. We go away from leaning on the everlasting arm. And now we're leaning on the arm of the government. The government becomes God. This is the situation. Noah Webster, uh, author of the, the first American speller and the first dictionary, said the Christian religion in its purity is the basis or rather the source of all genuine freedom in government. And I am persuaded that no civil government of a Republican form can exist and be durable in which the principles of that religion have not a controlling influence. He's saying that things need to be directed and led by God. Even in, in, in this government, in this, the way that this is set up. And if not, we're going to have major, major problems. And Benjamin Franklin, sign of the Declaration of Independence, says, Only a virtuous people are capable of freedom. As nations become corrupt and vicious, they have more need of masters. Wow. Wow. Well, we're just getting started. We're talking about uh, pushing from the bottom. It's an extension of what we talked about yesterday on the show. We're going to look at a few of articles and we're going to talk from some uh, scripture from the, the, the word of God. But, man, we got to keep pushing. We can't get to a point where we're not pushing anymore, where we're like, just do whatever. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. Wednesdays with Will. We'll be right back. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they're endowed by the creator with certain unalienable rights and that among these are life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness that to secure these rights governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed but when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Such has been our patient sufferance and 
such as now the necessity which constrains us to alter our former system of government. In every stage of these oppressions, we have petitioned for redress in the most humble terms. Our repeated petitions have been answered only by repeated injury. Nor have we been wanting in attentions to our brethren. We have warned them from time to time of attempts by their legislature to extend an unwarrantable jurisdiction over us. We have reminded them of the circumstances of our immigration and settlement here. We have appealed to their native justice and magnanimity, and we have conjured them by the ties of our common kindred to disavow these usurpations which would inevitably interrupt our connections and correspondence. But they too have been deaf to the voice of justice and consanguinity. We must, therefore, acquiesce in the necessity which denounces our separation and hold them as we hold the rest of mankind, enemies in war and in peace, friends. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio. We got to keep pushing from the bottom. Got to keep pushing from the bottom. I, I um, read some quotes from some, uh, some of the early country fathers, you know, just concerning the role of religion in the building of this country and even in the keeping of this, this country, that this nation was built in such a way that if there are an immoral people who are governing, then it will fail. It will collapse. It will collapse. The way that it's set up is that we have uh, people who are supposed to be in office who have integrity, who have, uh, who live uh, virtuously. But we don't see that. We don't see that. You know, there are a lot that have been written and there's, there's a lot that that's believed about these early fathers of the nation. And some of those things are to be debated, but what should, shouldn't be up for debate. What shouldn't be up for debate is the way that this country was set up. Once the people become immoral, they elect immoral leaders and the country ceased to be a nation that can truthfully tout being a nation under God. So this puts a very high responsibility on the church, the people of God, to have the spreading of the gospel be central. For we know that the only way that a wicked heart will change is if that heart comes in contact with the living Savior. If we understand that the only way that this nation will succeed, the only way that this government that has been instituted will succeed is by having a moral people. Well, the job of, of the church has become great that we do what the body of Christ is, is supposed to do. That we share the gospel. That we share the gospel. See, when you have a decline in, in morality within a people, I tend to look at the church and say, man, are we missing the mark? Are we not doing our part? Are we not adhering to the Great Commission? Are we not living as disciples? 
We have to ask ourselves those questions. See, it's easy to look at politicians and say, oh, man, they're just corrupt. It's easy to look at this person and that person and say, man, look at, you know, shake our heads. Oh, man, look, look at. But, man, you have to look back at the church, too. We bear responsibility for sharing the gospel, the good news. Right. And if people don't know God, they're not going to be good. <laughs> they won't. And so you have a snowball effect of immorality. Of ignorance and things going on, but yet the church is not, you know, leading the way as far as sharing the gospel. The church is about all kind of other stuff, you know, money and prestige and being like social clubs and, you know, going to this church, it, it puts you in this particular light and all this kind of stuff. But what about the making of disciples? What about the Great Commission? What about those things that matter? What about the, the church being able to transform communities, communities being transformed, thereby uh, cities being transformed, thereby states being transformed? Man, we bear responsibility. And so yesterday we mentioned that the resistance has to come from more than the people who hold elected uh, offices. Now, a lot of times they're the very problem. <laughs> but the resistance and the pushing must come from the bottom. In plain terms, it has to come from everyday people like us. Who on a local level say no. We say no to things that uh, don't serve our interest. In this country that God has placed us. We have to regain the power of giving a stern no. In our speech. And also in our actions when necessary. Just a few uh, quotes about the word no, I thought were pretty cool. The no, the word no is a complete sentence. It does not require an, an explanation to follow. And you can truly answer someone's request with a simple no. Another one. If you want more time, freedom, and energy, start saying no. Yet another one, learn to say no in situations where saying no can be difficult, where it could mean getting fired. Say no anyway, because it could lead you to greater opportunities. And that's that's a big one today, because we have these mandates going on uh, that's about to be instituted and some have already. And there are individuals out, out, out there. Some of you guys are convicted about not you know, uh, taking a vaccine, uh, you're you have genuine conviction about it. And th the cry of this program have, has been where you are convicted, remain convicted. Where you're convicted, remain convicted. Now, if you have no problem with it, that's fine. Do what you, you're going to do. But some of this is leading towards loss of employment. Some people are going to be quitting. Some people are going to be fired. But man, that's that's a time when you got to say no. When you got to say, no, that, 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 that's a little too far for me. I can't go there. You got to say no. You got to say no. One thing this country has been uh, founded on is saying no to overreach and to tyranny. We lose this. We lose. I have a few examples of ordinary people 
saying no right now? How about the parents in America who's pushing back on critical race theory in the schools? That's one parent that said, we are the last line of defense. The article goes, it says, parents in the heartland hardly expected to find themselves battling critical race theory at their doorstep. But while critics focused on fighting the polarizing ideology in places like New York and California and Virginia, CRT advocates have been making a quiet push to implement K through 12 curriculums in suburban towns across the Midwest. Now, that's been some of the answers that you would hear. Well, in our little school district in our town, then that's not happening. Or they say, you know, yeah, we have some. And, and I don't think they're lying when they say this. We have some great teachers who are believers. And so, you know, this stuff is like they, they're going to guard against this. But, man, these folks are trying to make gains everywhere. They're not limiting to New York and California and places like that. They're going right where you live, right where you live. The article goes on. For months, critics in Wisconsin, Kansas, and Nebraska have tried to push back against their respective school districts. Um, noticeable nod toward the controversial curriculum, but with little national media spotlighting or outside support. And frustrated parents have been forced to take on a more aggressive approach. Here is the saying no you know, by the ordinary people. A lady named Amy uh, Calvey, a stay-at-home mom, a stay-at-home mom from Lansing, Kansas, registered as a school board candidate when she noticed a troubling pattern uh, in her daughter's school. After a grueling, months-long primary race, Carly and two other parents managed to land the top three spots. Look, they said no. That's what we have to do. Man, I, I, I received a, a video through uh, Facebook from a brother who, li- who lives in California, I believe. And the video was of him at a school, like a, looked like a school board meeting, and he was speaking. He was speaking out against all of this stuff. Man, I was like, man, praise God, keep standing. Keep pushing. That has to happen. We can't wait on elected officials to do this for us. Now, some will. Like we just had, you know, a politician on recently in te- from Texas who stood up against the CRT stuff in Texas and had a bill that passed through that the 1619 project wouldn't be um, uh, done in, in the schools and things like that. That's great. But now is the time, man, where me and you, ordinary people, are going to have to stand and say, nah, man, no, no. No, we can still say no. More in this article. Calvi, she said, we are the last line of defense against the indoctrination of our children. We are the last line of defense against the indoctrination of our children. She's right. She's right. The mom of three said she noticed a drastic shift in the quality of education that was provided to her two older children versus her youngest. Quote, I have two that are older. They're in their late 20s, and I've seen their years in school, and I never had this problem like this. I've seen slight issues coming up, but nothing like critical race theory. 
And then my daughter started school in 2010 and it's only progressively gotten worse, she said. At first, it began with little things that we would handle at home, Calvi continued, but now it snowballed into other things. Look, she's a stay-at-home mom, willing to say no, willing to, to, to run for school board position, and won, along with a, a couple others. And they ran fighting against this stuff. Now is the time people to say no. You know, the founding fathers of this country, they said no to Great Britain. It was like, no, we're not doing it any longer. You got to say no. Another example. Well, we have been talking about, we didn't really talk about it on this show, but I know it's been brought up on the network about the recall that was happening in, um, the recall vote that was happening uh, in California to get Gavin Newsom out of there. Right. Well, the people decided that they wanted Gavin Newsom to continue to be the governor. And I would say to anyone who's listening um, that may be in California. Don't stop pushing. Don't stop pushing from the bottom. Continue to push. Continue to push because see what happened. Man, they were scared. They were kind of shaking in their boots. They were kind of like, man, I don't know. I don't know. They really had some fear put into their hearts. They really did. When you have a setback or when you potentially lose or whatever you want to call it, man, don't see it like that. One thing I've always been um, amazed by is how, you know, and I'm about to get a little political. I usually don't do that. But you look at the right and the left, man, the left, when they so-called lose, nah, they come back. They keep trying over and over and over and over again. They don't let, they don't let a loss stop them. So what I, what I have to say is if, you, if you're listening and you're in California and you're feeling you know, down about this or whatever, you shouldn't. Just keep going. Keep pushing. Keep pushing. Don't stop pushing. Don't stop pushing. Another one. Um, there's a story that I have right here. Is New, New York's COVID vaccination mandate could backfire on hospitals, nursing homes, uh, lawmakers warn. Well, they're kind of bothered because, man, people are threatening to quit because they're being mandated to do something that they're not with. They're not with it. And look, I would say, man, that that's sad. That's going to cause a lot of problems. But keep pushing. Keep pushing. Don't stop pushing. Look, the people at the bottom, keep pushing up. Keep pushing. Keep pushing from the bottom. Don't let. Don't be intimidated. Don't back down. You still have a voice to say no. You still have a voice to say no. Say no. This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio, Wednesdays with Will. We'll be right back after this. America, America. 
America God shed His grace on thee We've come too far We've been through too much Why would we ever leave? I pray for our children So many have gone astray Help us to show them there is a better way. Somewhere we love the one thing that you told us to hold on to. Somehow we must have forgotten. It was your hand that brought us through America, America God shed His grace on thee We've come too far We've been through too much Why would we wanna This is Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio, Wednesdays with Will, and the message is keep pushing from the bottom, keep pushing, keep pushing, don't get tired, don't get weary in your well-doing, look, you're going to reap the results if you don't think, uh, so just highlighted a few places happening around the country where people are pushing, and I say keep on, even if you had a setback, even if you feel like, man, you know, we lost or this. Keep pushing. The wicked has a way of continuing to push and, and not stopping. It's, a, it's amazing. But it seemed like those of us who are on uh, the winning side, who believe in God, we give up so easily. Keep pushing. Keep pushing. Now, I want to look at the word of God in this last segment. Um, a clear example to me of a couple of people who pushed from the bottom, right? They were ordinary. Now, when we look at the book of um, Exodus, we know the exploits of, of Moses and how God used Joshua and Caleb and, you know, all these different things that happened, these miracles that took place, the Red Sea and all this stuff. We, we, we know that. But there's a couple people right off the bat in Exodus chapter 1, and I'm going to go ahead and read Exodus chapter 1, that to me are a symbol of pushing from the bottom. The Bible says, now, the, now these are the names of the sons of Israel who came to Egypt with Jacob. They came, each one with his household, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. All the persons who came from the loins of Jacob were 70 in number. But Joseph was already in Egypt and Joseph died and all his brothers and all that generation. 
But the sons of Israel were fruitful and increased greatly and multiplied and became exceedingly mighty so that the land was filled with them. Verse eight. Now a new king arose over Egypt who did not know Joseph. It's amazing to me, like when these generations pass, you know, it talked about um, when, when Moses died, how the generation after him didn't know God. It was amazing to me after all the stuff that, you know, God had done when Joshua passed, Moses and Joshua passed. It was like <laughs> they had no clue. Well, this king right here, this Pharaoh, this new Pharaoh didn't know Joseph, which means he did not know God. Joseph was a representation. He represented God in Egypt. God used him. Everybody knew who Joseph was and that he was a man of God. So this Pharaoh that rose up didn't know. <laughs> That's amazing how these things happen. We see that in, even in our country. There are generations now who don't know God. After having a thriving nation of God followers, there are, there's a generation now who do, <laughs> does not know God. It's amazing how this happens. It means that we drop the ball. We don't pass the baton. Verse 9, that was a side note. He said to his people, Behold, the people of the sons of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come, let us deal wisely with them, or else they will multiply, and in the event of war, they will also join themselves to those who hate us and fight against us and depart from the land. So they appointed taskmasters over them to afflict them with hard labor, and they built for Pharaoh storage cities, Pithom and Ramesses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and the more they, they spread out so that they were in dread of the sons of Israel. So the more persecution, isn't that how the church grows? The more the persecution, <laughs> the more they multiplied. Wow. So they were in dread of the sons of Israel. The Egyptians compelled the sons of Israel to labor rigorously. And they made their lives bitter and hard with hard labor in mortar and bricks and at all kinds of labor in the fields. All their labors, which they rigorously impose on them. Verse 15. Then the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Shipra and the other was named Pua. And he said, when you are helping the Hebrew women to give birth, and see them upon the birch stool. If it is a son, then you shall put him to death. But if it is a daughter, then she shall live. Hmm. But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt had commanded them, but let the boys live. So the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this thing? And let the boys live. The midwife says to Pharaoh, because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women, for they are uh, uh, vigorous and give birth before the midwife can get to them. So God was good to the midwives and the people multiplied and became very mighty because the midwives feared God. He established households for them. Then Pharaoh commanded all his people, saying, every son who is born, you are to cast into the Nile. And every daughter you are to keep alive. Interesting story of these midwives, Shipra and Pua. They were ones who were pushing from the bottom. The people of Israel had increased greatly 
and were mighty in the land. And there arose a king, a pharaoh in Egypt, who did not know Joseph. And as I said before, he did not know the God of Joseph either. <laughs> this new pharaoh was fearful because the numbers of the Israelites. And so he devised a, a plan to commit infanticide against the Hebrews. That's what he was doing. He wanted to kill all the boys. The Pharaoh spoke to the Hebrew midwives and told them to kill all the boys when they were born, but let the girls live. The midwives feared God and disobeyed the king. The king realized that the Hebrew boys were not dying and confronted the midwives. The midwives deceived Pharaoh and told him that the Hebrew women have babies quicker. And so they can't get to him before they have the baby. God blessed the midwives because of this. God established households for them. And Pharaoh commanded his own people, the Egyptians, to cast the boys into the Nile when they were born and the girls to keep alive. Now, you want to talk about pushing from the bottom. Look, this, these are some things we can learn from Shipra and Pua. We fear God rather than man. We fear God rather than man. Listen to this scripture. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 25, the fear of man brings a snare. But one who trusts in the Lord will be protected. Now, these midwives are an example of that. These midwives had all the reasons in the world to fear the Pharaoh, not only losing their job as midwives, but losing their lives. But what? But God protected them. God protected them. And so when we look at them, the bravery, because these women stopped infanticide. They stopped the slaughter of countless Hebrew boys. They pushed against Pharaoh and said, they said, no, basically they said, no, you're telling us to do this. This is wicked. This is not right. We're not going to do it. The days are coming ahead and we may be in them right now where the people of God, we're going to have to say, no, we're not doing it. Now, God has set up authority over us. He's given us leaders and we ought to obey those leaders. But when those leaders desire for us to do wicked things, we roll with God rather than man. It's like Peter said, you know, we, we're going to obey God. We're going to obey God rather than man. The fear of man will prove to be a snare. And a lot of what's going on right now is fear is, is rooted and is based in fear. People are not willing to say no right now. A lot of times because of fear, because of fear being ostracized or even losing a job. Now, look, I'm not going to pretend and say, man, that's not a hard decision. You got to make, you know, but look, if you're convicted about something, if there's something that uh, uh, someone desires for you to do who's in leadership and is wrong, whether it be in your church, whether it be on your job, you have a responsibility to obey God. To obey God. And it's not going to always be easy. Every and man, me and uh, Miki were talking about this yesterday, uh, this morning, whenever it was. But every Christian, if you've been a Christian long enough, you have had to make hard decisions. Either 
you are still a babe if you haven't and you haven't reached that point or you're not walking with God real close. You have had to make hard decisions and it's not going to get any easier. The world around us is pressing in. And we see even in, in government and in leadership, you know, they're making more pushes, pushes to make you do certain things. To, to tie it into your finances. Oh, okay, if you don't do this, well, you know, you can be fine. Hey, there have to be some standing up. There has to be some backbone that, 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 that's grown in our backs and say, hey, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. Are you willing to say no? Are you willing to say no? Especially, I'm talking about pertaining to things that are uh, devised from wickedness, that are based in fear. Look, I believe there are some churches that's going to have to say no if they're told to shut down again. I think, it, it, you, look, you got to obey God. They, they have used a lot of this stuff to make us fearful and the Bible clearly tells us that God is not giving, giving us a spirit of fear, but one of power, one of love, and one of a sound mind. I always say, if God has not given that to us, we shouldn't receive it. We shouldn't receive it. And again, we know about the exploits of Moses, Joshua, Caleb, all these people. But man, these midwives, they were pushing from the bottom. And because of their push, Moses and a lot of other boys were born. Imagine that. Imagine the, weak, the, the, the weakness of the Israelites were, if there were no boys that were allowed to be born. If these midwives would have said, oh, well, you know, the government said that we got to kill these, these boys, so we're going to go ahead and do it because we don't want to lose out on our way of living or even our lives. Man, but they pushed from the bottom. And they are mentioned in the word of God by name because they pushed. They didn't listen to what, you know, this higher person was saying, this person who was the king, who was giving down wicked decrees, wanted them to slaughter and murder all these boys. They said no. They said no. We need shippers and poors out there today that will continue to say no to ungodliness. Am I advocating for just rebellion? No, I'm not saying that. But when there are wicked things that's being handed down, we have an obligation to say no. No to lies. No to wicked uh, devices of men. Yes, we have a duty to obey authority set over us, but not when authority compel us to act wickedly. Pharaoh wanted these God-fearing women to commit infanticide, and they disobeyed. Praise God for it. What, what am I saying? Well, I'm saying what we said yesterday. Well, I'm saying a couple things. I'm saying where you are convicted, remain convicted. And I'm saying keep pushing from the bottom. Keep pushing from the bottom. Remember, the fear of man will prove to be a snare. But one who trusts in the Lord, the one who trusts in the Lord will be protected. It comes down to are we going to believe his word or not? That's the bottom line. Lord, help us to believe your word. In Jesus' name. This has been Aaron Addison's here on American Family Radio, Wednesdays with Will. 
We'll be back tomorrow, Lord willing. Until then, God bless.